This podcast is brought to you by Score Foundation. Hi, my name is George Abraham and welcome to Iway Conversations. My guest today is Mujtaba Merchant, who also calls himself Mr. Kane. He is a project management professional and accessibility advocate and does a lot of work in diversity and inclusion within his company. Hi, Mujtaba, welcome. Hi, George. Glad to meet you. So, uh, Mujtaba, uh, you started your career in an IT company. Uh, what were you doing? Were you in HR or marketing or IT? George, I started my career as an HR consultant and mainly dealt with recruitment. But uh, I used to recruit both for the IT as well as the non-IT industry. That's how I started my career. And uh, what had you studied? Uh, meaning, uh, was it um, a regular degree or you did something in management? Yes, I did my uh, bachelor's in business management where I specialized in human resources and marketing. How long were you into your professional life when you actually had your sight loss? My sight loss is, I would still say, is quite recent. Uh, uh, it was in the year 2011, but I believe I started uh, working 2002. If I'm not mistaken, 94, I finished my uh, schooling and uh, then finished my pre-university two years of that year. Somewhere around 2002 is when I started uh, working. And uh, 2011 is when I lost my sight due to a medical complication called glaucoma. So when this uh, eye condition happened, was there time lost in brooding over it and uh, feeling sorry for yourself or you got on with life? Oh, no, that's, that was a, a very traumatic experience that I had uh, because I was at the age of 35 and uh, I had just joined a new company and uh, I was about to be promoted. There was a very big uh, client meeting that was centered around me. I had a family uh, uh, and uh, I also had a child at that time. And uh, this sudden sight loss... Uh, put a break on all my, you know, ambitions and plans. And uh, I was left, uh, you know, wondering what what happened, you know, that kind of, uh, 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 you know, kind of stoked in terms of where, where life is going to be next. So, uh, yeah, I did uh, have approximately a week and a half or more of uh, trying to accept uh, the fact of the sight loss. And then that, that there is uh, no return in terms of uh, gaining my vision back. So we did consult a lot of doctors uh, in the process. And we got the same feedback that once you lose sight due to glaucoma, there's no way of you regaining your vision back. Uh, we did try alternative medicines like Ayurveda and homeopathy and all that. But... Uh, the general uh, understanding was there is no possibility of regaining sight. So, yeah, it was a week and a week and a half. If you know of anyone with vision impairment who needs guidance on living life with blindness, 
please share the iway national toll free helpline number 18005320469 the number is 18005320469 you have recovered uh, and you're back uh in full flight as far as life is concerned so what were the steps or organizations of people who actually helped you kind of get back onto your feet i would like to start with my immediate family that would that would be my parents who were the pillars of my support unfortunately i had to end the marriage that i had at that time because uh, they were very insecure about what i would be doing in life and i had no answers at that time Hmm. parents uh, took a lot of effort in trying to uh, get in touch with a lot of uh, hospitals and other institutions that could probably help with my condition they have also been through that trauma of you know their son losing the sight so they also had to accept things quite early uh, one of my cousin brothers and my aunt my mother's sister uh, was was with me as as another supporting pillar and uh, my cousin brother is the one who found out about uh, the national association for the blind and uh, i i was advised to take up my mobility and orientation uh, training from them that was a and and uh, that was the first experience i had with the white cane which is a mobility aid that i use today to uh, you know uh, get from point a to point b um that training was uh, for around 6 months if i'm not mistaken and uh, the trainers there were very very accommodating and uh, i remember my first question to my instructor that you know uh, if you, if i can't see how will i be able to walk he said my dear friend you need legs to walk not eyes and that changed my perspective altogether you know and i accepted the cane uh, very early because i know that is something that is going to add value to the current given situation and uh, is going to empower me to be independent post that uh, once i was uh, you know confident of my mobility and orientation i also got to know from the own same institution that uh, they they have training uh, for computers uh, using an assistive technology called a screen reader and this was something really new to me uh, i was a video gamer and avid video gamer when i had sight i i know about artificial intelligence and things like that but uh, i was surprised that uh, not exactly surprised but i was like you know fortunate to have that exposure to uh, that technology that would enable enable me to use uh, computers again and uh, uh, another fortunate uh, fortunate incident is that the institute that i trained on the screen reading technology was uh, a lane away or a lane or a block away from where i stay so i had good access to their facility this was an institution by the name enable india that's where i trained and for me the training was cut short because i already knew the basics of computers i knew what things were on you know and so i had to just train on the screen reading technology uh, and that i think was around for another 6 months so overall a year of rehabilitation is what happened uh, as far as uh, uh, things went uh, in kind of rehabilitating me back to understanding my disability and being able to empower myself in terms of 
being able to use technology and being able to independently uh, do things. I've noticed that uh, you often refer to yourself on various platforms as Mr. Kane. What's the yeah, story? Yeah, yeah. Yes, very true. So it was a name that I christened myself post my disability or my sight loss. Uh, uh, it's Mr. spelt M-I-S-T-R. It's not abbreviated to M-R dot. And Kane is spelled K-A-Y-N-E, Kane. Yeah. So, yeah, it's quite a unique uh, uh, name that I go by. And I use these uh, this name a lot uh, within the community. A lot of them know me as Mr. Kane within the blind community, as well as online. Uh, uh, that uh, That's where I use this uh, name. I write a lot of blogs and I publish a lot of blogs under that name. So that's that's how that name came about because I accepted the cane and the cane has become, uh, you know, part of me. So I just happened to spell cane differently. So something, you... ins something inspired by a WWF wrestler, I think. <laughs> so so you, you alluded to uh, writing of a blog. What do you write on the blog? What's your blog called and what do you write about? Uh, the blog uh, the blog has a very uh, a big title. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it right, but I'll give you the blog address. Um, it's uh, www.mr.kayne.blogspot.com. And the blog is titled The Somebody, Everybody and Nobody's Blog. <laughs> and uh, and what I write about, uh, I have a section uh, on how I acquired my disability and how I dealt with it. Uh, I write about technology. I write about a lot of humorous uh, uh, and obnoxious experiences that I've had with my blindness, like entering to the ladies' toilet instead of the gents' toilet and what happened after that. So there's a lot of blind bloopers. And then I write, uh, I maintain a notebook. Uh, so that's my uh, maybe uh, everyday experience or uh, maybe something that I wanted to share, you know, that's come to my mind. So I write a lot of that uh, on the on the website. And uh, I, I've, uh, with with this particular journey, I've, uh, I've got a lot of experience in uh, not only uh, imagining my world uh, without sight, but uh, imagining the world, how it would be if I still had sight. Uh, so it's quite, quite, uh, quite a few topics that are really good to be uh, indulging in. After your uh, break from your profession, you've gone back to the same company and worked. So uh, tell me a little bit about how, what was your journey back into your professional life? Yeah, that was uh, something I would say I'm privileged to be back working, uh, you know, back with the same organization because the organization believes in inclusion and uh, uh, it, it, it is an organization that's been there for more than 100 years, I believe. So uh, the, the, the uh, re-employment was, uh, was not much of a challenge because I already worked with the same people. I worked with the same company, although being it only for a year. But I was able to convince them about my uh, skills and they knew my performance from the past. So uh, they readily hired me. It took a little time for me to adjust uh, to the new work environment because I stopped. I was not doing what I was doing earlier. 
uh, and I had to take up a new role and uh, understand uh, new processes that needed to be done in terms of a job role. Um, yeah, so uh, even though that uh, uh, first few days or first few weeks of employment were trying to get uh, things set up post the induction in terms of uh, arranging uh, the software, the screen reading software and uh, orienting me to the office and, uh, uh, you know, areas of uh, interest in the, organ in, the, in, in the building. So, yeah, that was the kind of... Uh, I had a lot of support from my colleagues as well as uh, leadership. That's that's something that uh, I really appreciate till date. So your uh, level of uh, work, uh, was it compromised because of your blindness when you rejoined? Uh, I would say yes, uh, because uh, the kind of work I was doing was uh, uh, more uh, uh, to do with market research and it had to do with a lot of presentations which had graphs and numbers and statistics in it so it was more like uh, market reports that i used to create using powerpoint and powerpoint being a very visual tool uh, it's and then you and you had to place uh, a lot of graphs and data in in a presentable manner so that that kind of becomes difficult for somebody who is totally visually impaired uh, how, however it's not that you cannot use powerpoint altogether but uh, these aspects of the the uh, the presentation, you'd have to take help from uh, people who could see or are sighted to be able to get through. So I didn't want to take up that challenge, uh, and I felt that I would rather uh, take up a kind of a role where I'd be more into what my passion is as such, people management. And uh, so I joined as a project management executive, where I take care of the compliance for my uh, whole business unit and I also take care of allocation which means to say how many people are seated under which project and uh, also uh, take care of their training needs allocate training uh, to them so that that's the kind of role as of now that I am I am doing currently and uh, what do you see yourself going forward any any kind of aspirations yeah, I have already uh, set my uh, aspirational career goal to get into client engagements where uh, I have acquired a competency in transition management. Uh, now I am training on a technology, although I do not come from a technology background, I am training on uh, cloud technology and I've taken up uh, a certification on uh, Microsoft Azure. This is the first step. Uh, so... The aspirational role would be uh, as a client engagement manager. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping to be in sales because I think I can do a good job there. You know, you talked about uh, being, uh, you know, doing a lot of work in the area of diversity and inclusion within your organization. Can you tell us a little bit about what exactly have you been doing? Oh, that's, that's been the really exciting uh, thing about being engaged with this organization because uh, diversity and inclusion uh, talks more about uh, uh, racial as well as gender gaps in the organization. Yeah. Uh, very rarely spoken about is disability, and uh, it, it's a topic that they'd rather not touch uh, for its uh, challenges that it poses. So I, I do a lot of connects uh, in terms of 
sensitizing work groups or projects on uh, disability inclusion um, probably break a lot of myths by telling them like, look, I just I work just like you. The only difference is that I use a separate tool called a screen reader to uh, help me use the computer. So that that being said, uh, I've also been a part of uh, an initiative, organizational wide initiative, uh, which is to do with uh, hiring of persons with disability, where we look at uh, approaching hiring not based on disability. So we're not mapping jobs to disability, but we are mapping skills to jobs. So that's that's the approach we are uh, doing. And it's, it's kicked off very well. And uh, the whole organization has bought into the uh, initiative and we've already started, uh, you know, channeling uh, resources to various projects uh, and business units within the organization. We've had good success with that. So I was a part of that uh, thought leadership team. You've also been uh, quite active when it comes to accessibility advocacy. I've also seen you very aggressively tweeting about it. Uh, what are the kind of uh, breakthroughs you've got in this direction? I have been a strong supporter of uh, the Global Accessibility Awareness Day, which is a GAD. Um, and I do a lot of talks uh, within the community and circles uh, and mind network on accessibility. Uh, once upon a time, I was a privileged customer of uh, uh, this ride application called Ola. Yeah. And uh, yeah, ever since they had broken the accessibility uh, with that, it, it really kind of uh, hindered my ability to get to places because I can't drive anymore or nor can I ride anymore. Yeah. So I was completely reliant on uh, that service on getting from, I, I, I kind of uh, didn't experience much of public transport and I was very apprehensive about, uh, you know, using uh, such transport to get to point A to point B. But, but the few experiences that I've had with public transport, I have been always uh, uh, been assisted, uh, you know, by either the passengers or the conductor uh, of these uh, on these uh, rides. But uh, with these private players, it was difficult with Ola. But now, uh, I, I'm not saying that my experience with the drivers is bad, but it's it's the app that is totally inaccessible. Uh, a lot of other services uh, that we heavily rely on to get our day-to-day uh, -day lives done are inaccessible. So I, I feel there's a lot of ignorance in terms of uh, awareness, creating awareness. So I do write to a lot of companies on accessibility. I do provide a lot of resources and uh, I do a lot of uh, advocacy work uh, on uh, various platforms like LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook. So uh, uh, in terms of success, uh, I, I can't take uh, complete ownership of success because there are other people that I associate with who, uh, who are who also strongly support this cause. And uh, somewhere, somewhere down the line, things work out in terms of accessibility. So I, I, I don't have anything in terms of uh, credit towards the success as of now. To support our work with the blind and visually impaired, you can visit the donate page on our website 
www.scorefoundation.org.in Please note www.scorefoundation.org.in Working is one thing you you know you keep yourself busy and uh, I'm sure uh, there's uh, struggles in terms of traveling, commuting and all that. How do you uh, release the tension? Meaning, are there sources of entertainment that you kind of invested in or uh, do you do any kind of reading just to let the uh, tension off? Uh, what I uh, try to do as far as unwinding is concerned, I listen to a lot of uh, audiobooks. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of movies on Amazon Prime and Netflix. Some of them are audio described, some of them are not. I also spend a lot of time with my wife and kid. Uh, I have a five-year-old daughter, so I engage a lot with them. I do a lot of dining out. Uh, I do a lot of socializing with my friends. Uh, so yeah, that helps me unwind. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't taken the vacations yet. So uh, the only place uh, I have been to after uh, post-blindness was to Bombay and that was to basically get hitched. That is that get get married with, to my wife. So that was the only travel I had uh, post-blindness. Yeah, I just was also wondering, you know, you mentioned that when you lost your sight, uh, you had to kind of uh, break your marriage because of the uncertainties of the future. So how did you actually... Um, uh, get married again and uh, is there a story behind this or was it some kind of an arranged uh, affair? Uh, you will not believe it, George. I did fall in love post-blindness too. Yeah. But this time it was nothing to do with the physical appearance of a person but how I would, was able to connect uh, emotionally as well as intellectually. Right. And uh, unfortunately things were going south in terms of that relationship. Because uh, we had uh, we had a lot of uh, differences in terms of uh, being able to connect, but uh, the, this marriage happened uh, after five years of my employment, and that's when I felt confident I'm ready to take up a new responsibility, and this happened through a uh, common friend of the family, so it was more of an arranged marriage than uh, you know uh, a love marriage, and. Uh, uh, to be honest, at that point of time, I was in, in a very huge dilemma whether I should marry somebody with a visual impairment or should I marry somebody with sight. So I wasn't able to decide. I said, whatever comes my way, I, I should first see that it, it, it is something that we can commit to. So that was the uh, state at that time. So it was, it was arranged. It was arranged. And what's it like to be a father? You said you have a five-year-old daughter. Parenthood is a full-time job. Trust me, when they say it takes a village to raise a child, they would they were not they were not kidding. So yeah, she's a handful, and uh, it, uh, I have held her from the time she was born. Now she is engaged with her schooling, her friends. Uh, she's five years old. Uh, we just had a you know birthday party last year in the month of May. It was a grand uh, celebration and she thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, playing with her, interacting with her and she understanding about her father not being able to see. And uh, it, it was, it's a journey and uh, so, and she still feels that, you know, her father's a Superman in some way. 
or the other because whenever a mother tells her something she always comes running to me with her confession you know like mm. this is what happened today and uh, we have these nice conversations and she want uh, she want sleep uh, alone on her cot she wants to sleep next to me so she is very attached in that way and uh, as she grows up do you see yourself playing a role in uh, her studies and uh, and her uh, uh, extracurricular activities and so on yes uh, in fact uh, i am a integral part of her education so uh, the school that we, she's uh, enrolled in uh, gives gives me updates on an, uh, on an app uh, on the mobile yeah. which wasn't accessible accessible oh good i got one success story uh, in terms of uh, accessibility advocacy so i spoke to them and i told them please ask your team to just check on how they can make these uh, applications accessible and so most of their portions and everything comes to me on the app and then uh, my wife does help with the writing whereas i help with the revision in terms of oral and uh, spellings and i play quizzes with her in terms of can you tell me a two letter words you know with starting with t things like that mm. so yeah so that's the role i play as far as extracurricular activities we play things like passing the ball uh passing the ball is with a normal ball not with the ball with has a bell on it this is the normal ball so it's always me who loses that passing the ball game <laughs> because <laughs> i don't catch it i don't catch the ball but now she's learned a new uh, clever technique she rolls the ball towards me or hands it to my hand by giving and then we play rock paper scissors and we uh, we also uh, do a lot of uh, uh, exercises together in fact she's a she's my yoga guru so she teaches me whatever she watches on youtube she tells me where to put my hand and how to put my leg how to position the parts of my body to mm. get into the posture that sounds interesting and uh, on that note of the family uh, i think we will uh, move on thank you very much for uh, giving us the time to speak with you and uh, wish you the very best as you move on both professionally and with your family Take care. Thank you, George. It's a pleasure speaking to you. I will be your Roshnika Karwa. This podcast was brought to you by Score Foundation. Roshnika, Roshnika, Roshnika.